come back like refreshed and like just ready to go. Ready like to go. regardless of what it is, um, ready to go. Um, oh man, we've already been talking for an hour just started recording. <laughs> Which is fine. It's not. It's not. It's not a big deal. We're just catching up on our weekends, people. Yeah, I went out. Hey, I had a friend that started listening to the podcast uh, oh. last last week, like right before we recorded last week's. Okay. Um, dude, and she listened like all week. She said she really enjoyed it. Where? So I really? Was like, <laughs> I was yeah. I was like really. Like and okay, where did she? What episode did she? Did I think she, she started on the latest one that that day. Okay, and then she went back and listened to the shorter ones. Okay, but then I think eventually she dove into like the some, longer some of the longer ones. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, and she says she she really enjoyed it. And uh, what is it? She said something specific. Please remember. Oh yeah, she said she said how um, how she's like I think I think your friend's right because when I said that you know things might be common sense for me but it might be new information for everybody else. She's like I. I think that's definitely true. Like, I think you have a lot of good things to say, and, and I was like, a pedo. <laughs> I was like, okay, 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 cool, man. Uh, I got a little rush of dopamine in my head. Like, now it's like not ever since Simon Sinek brought it up, like with the millennial question on Inside Quest and like all that stuff. It's like now I'm like, okay, something good was said to me. There must, there must be whether it is or not. There must be a, a shot of dopamine going through my body right now because I feel happy. <laughs> but oh, man, that's good. And I wondered because. As I was creating, you know, the content for this podcast, I finally felt like I was creating content for this podcast. And, and I've, I've only started these past, I would say, after episode 25, it started getting into something more to my angle. Mm-hmm. And where even before where I was in the slightest consciousness of, of uh, wanting to want or, yeah, wanting to want people or wanting people to like the podcast, but it's like, well, I, I can't do that if I'm not being me, you know, and I've already said, I've already mentioned this, you know, so like these past few weeks where I brought these questions, whether they're mine or whether I take them from somebody that I'm like, I feel like we can answer them as 25 year old millennials. Um, it's like today's and last week's, me and you last week. And then the, the week, like so what's, this is number, I think 30 episode number 30, which is great. 30 weeks, bro. We've been at this. It's insane. Consistent. Fifty-two weeks in the year. Yeah, we're over halfway through uh, our initial year of moving with life, and like finally, I'm and I'm happy. I'm happy that we're fine. Or at least for me, creating the content feels like it's okay. This is the content that belongs on this podcast, yeah. and I hope. And again, going to your friend and everybody else who's listening, if they can take one thing and then use it and move with it. Cause I think it was one thing that, that I, that I finally was, was able to dissect this weekend over a lot of time to, that I was had, to, that I had to think, or I was allowed to think, um, was every talking about learning and growing. And my third element is moving. Like, I think that's where I'm fitting in this puzzle where if you listen to Tony Robbins, if you listen to Tim Ferriss, especially, especially Tim Ferriss, because his thing is l- breaking it down and like learning something, then using it. And like where he's he's done more learning and like I'm, and well he di- he did it but he did it for experimental reasons where I'm doing it to try to better my life, and then bring it to you, bring it to Eddie, bring it to my family, bring it to my friends, to then use it for their life. And finally this weekend it did click for me. I was like, that I'm I'm like that third piece, right? You know, and like even like going even Tim uh, Tony Robbins sorry, where like his initial mentor was Jim Rohn, which I've taken a lot of stuff from Jim Rohn now. Uh, super wise from back from the 80s like you know and it's cr- dude i didn't 
realized that Tony Robbins started this campaign of Anthony Robbins when he was like 19. Dang. So I told you guys about the story, and everybody listened. I told you guys about the story that he fed two families for, for Thanksgiving. Right. And he was 17. So 17 to 19 was that whole transition to life coaching, essentially. It's kind of crazy to think about, like, to start something like that at that age, mm-hmm. where you're at mentally as a teenager still. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And, and it makes sense for him because he had to grow up really quick. You know, and if you want to get more details, I mean, I, um, you can obviously go and do research. I mean, just watch a few videos on his background, you know, him and his, like, he, I believe he had, I think it was like four, you know, four dads, you know, because I, I don't know if he ever knew his real dad or not. I'm not sure. Regar- oh, no, he had to have. But even the dad that was in that Thanksgiving story, I don't know if it was his biological dad, just his dad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but um, or, or what his definition of dad is. Anyhow, but yeah, he started then, but because like his, his mom was an addict, like he had to grow up and like take care of his brothers and sisters. He had siblings. He had to take care of them. And like, then realizing like, Hey, my dad's kicking this guy out for wanting to feed us. I'm going to go out and feed two families because for, you know, people that need it, you know, so crazy. Anyways, moving with life is finally like growing into something that at least it makes sense now. To me, and hopefully as we continue, and as I continue doing my research of learning and growing, and then moving, letting moving be the third element. Like, it makes me so excited what's going to come at the end of this year. At the, at the end of the year anniversary of the podcast, and then going into next year, you know, to see what's going to happen in 2018. Like, it, yeah. it, it, the, this, like I said, just the concept of moving with life, like I said, is, is now forming into actually something. I feel like it's almost tangible. It's like the intronaut. It's it's very it's true in my eyes my eyes is Andy Acosta like it's very it's very, it's a very tangible thing it's a very yeah. verb esque if that's even a thing like it's a very verb it's tangible you can do you can move you can be like that um, one thing that Tony Robbins even talks about in one of the interviews that I'm gonna mention here that he was on is like going out and finding somebody that you like and emulating them and literally just taking all the things you like about them and using them mm-hmm. and like. I know I've definitely done something similar to that, more subconscious because I've done it through reading as, as far as like trying to apply stuff to my life. But still, like going again, retracting to the main point of this little section is, you know, moving with life, helping people understand that they can move, and and getting out of that potential knowledge and moving and using the knowledge, because ultimately that's what everybody comes down to. Like with Gary Vee, with Tony Robbins, like massive action, take action, you know, move, hustle. Everybody has their own word for it, and my, I guess mine's move. But even if you move an inch, like go, you know that, that's mm-hmm. part of the main thing. I know I definitely use the terminology like with nine round people. You know when I'm there with clients and and they're you know this and that, and then uh, it's like well keep moving. Like for me, like like the nine round like outline is I go way outside those lines. Like you know, and because it's because it's not within like the norm. Mm-hmm. of the strategy, the nine-round strategy. Um, I don't know how I'm seen as an employee. I know as a person, they, like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm... But because my my overall point of view goes way beyond any basic business, which I mentioned when you, when, you, when Eddie was here, and you, you know, uh, two weeks ago or so, of, you know, once I monetize something, I, 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 get, I get turned off. Yeah. I get cut off, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like... And it's, it's kind of like that. Like, just let me do me... 
let me keep bringing in customers that will be satisfied because I do or I attempt to do more than what's asked at nine round, but in my own way, you know, and it, maybe this is, and this goes, I mean, for everybody can, everybody can judge me on this, but like I get paid, you know, minimum wage as a exercise trainer. So that's all I do. But my act, like that's all I do for like the system. But everything I do outside the system is at my own will, at my own risk right. on my competition, which is time right right now. And so just tying all that, still going back to like moving and like telling these clients, like you just keep moving. I don't care if you take a two breath break, take two breaths and keep moving. Don't mm-hmm. stop. And now trying to implement that in for myself as well, because I'm I guess, talking about being inconsistently consistent, <laughs> all, all that, that concept, which I'm, I'm going to try to dive into here. And I'm going to try to get us a little vulnerable. There's some stuff in here that I, I feel like we're going to, it's, it's mostly stuff that I got from Tony Robbins, which we'll get to, but I think and I hope that if we can dive into it and be honest with the listeners and then they can dissect themselves, excuse me, then, you know, the world will move a little bit smoother tomorrow. So this guy found, so lately I've been watching, obviously on YouTube, and Tom Bilyeu, he, he first started Inside Quest, and actually his wife runs, like, the health portion of, like, their business, because they started with health. They started with, like, eating well, health, fitness, and all that stuff. Then Tom went off and did, like, his own branch of Inside Quest, which is where you initially heard, for those of you listening, is where you heard the millennial question being answered, quote-unquote, by Simon Sinek. And he talks about, you know, wanting to be a part of something bigger, wanting to be listened to and whatever. Um, and I don't disagree with that because it's completely true. And I, I agree with it at least. But so he did Inside Quest for, I think, a year last year. And this year has been Inside uh, in, uh, Impact Theory. So he's changed it. And the, the branding changed. So the initial brand was TB, Tom Bilyeu. And then Inside Quest was the title of the, of the show, the YouTube show. That's what he calls it. It's a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Now it's Inside Quest, the mission, which is cool. And so there's this guy that he interviewed on Inside on Impact Theory and then Impact, uh, Inside Quest. No, sorry. Inside Quest. Inside Theory. Quest Impact Theory. Sorry, yes. Sorry for my uh, my change there. Um, this guy's name's Jim Quick. I don't know if you ever heard about him, Brian. Uh, he created Quick Learning, and then he has a podcast called Quick Brain Podcast, which I've dove into. And there's only like 25 episodes, and they're they're under 20 minutes, so I've listened to them all. Like <laughs> I've already listened to them all within a week. Because I'm like, oh, my God. And what drew me to him, and this is going to be my first question, is his fascination with superheroes, fictional superheroes. And the cool thing, I, I wrote down five things that I wanted to mention about Jim Quick. And one of those is that he has a life-size Hulk at his house, a 10-foot Hulk that you can see That's from crazy. space. I saw the picture that okay. he showed on one of the interviews with. Yeah. yeah. That was, I think that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has that. He has the, the life-size Iron Man and the life-size Spider-Man hanging from one of his walls in his house. And then um, at the age of five, he had brain trauma. He fell and he had brain trauma. So he said it took him like a few years. So I think, it, let's just say three to four years. So it took him till he was eight to learn how to read. Now, if you can put that into your own perspective, like when did you actually learn how to read? When did you feel confident? that, like, okay, I, I'm actually getting this. I know what I'm reading. I know these words. I'm starting to understand the words. It's a very rhetorical question, but like it's just something to ponder on. So... It took him longer to read, but he would use comics to, to learn how to read. Because he, he said when his parents or when his family would go to sleep, he would stay up late to read these comics. And the way he learned was tying in the words with the actions and the way the figures were drawn on the comics themselves. 
So then from there, he got to college. He got accepted to college. And he was like 18. And he said he wanted to prove everything to himself, to his family, to his friends, that he can like do this, right? Because it's like, oh my God, he went through this trauma as a kid. And now he's now he got accepted to college. It's a big deal. For him, it was a big deal. He's like, I'm in college. Now I need to prove everything. Well, he got literally mentally and physically exhausted till he fell off a flight of stairs and suffered brain trauma again. And I was like, what? Like, this was so mind-boggling to me. I was like, like, because right now my, my whole thing is like I'm dealing with making myself get enough sleep because I used to go through the exhaustion. I wouldn't go to the point of collapse, but I would put myself pretty close. He went to that, to that place. He went to that place. And again, he, I think he did like at the age of 23, 24. Like he did it three times in his lifetime. Where he finally figured out, okay, I need to learn how to learn. And, you know, like, do this very, turn into a strategy that he can then use. And now he's obviously for everybody. But, so that's his background. At the age of five, brain trauma. At the age of 18, brain trauma again. At the age of 23, 24, again, he falls again. Finally, he realized, okay, something needs to change. And he said it started more, like, after that, that eight, that, when he was 18, because he said he woke up in the hospital thinking he was dead. Yeah. Like, he woke like up. two he, days later. Yeah, he woke up, like, like two that. days later, like, waking up, like, thinking he was dead, not knowing what's going on. And at that moment, he was making change already, at least. You know, he was moving. And uh, one of the concepts, or I, some of the concepts he brings up in that video that, I'm, that Brian also, I got to see, and I'll have the links on this. I'm finally getting to where I'm able to uh, uh, put the content along with the show notes. Before, it was like, okay, this is a summary of what we talked about. Now, I'm actually giving content. So, like, maybe, and for the most part, they're kind of in order as far as the questions and content. But either way, like, if you watch it, I feel like, you might find something that I didn't find, and then that, that you can use that. Like, a lot of people that are making these YouTube channels, even these guys that I'm watching, like, oh, make sure you, make sure you leave a comment below on, like, and I'm, frankly, I'm not interested. Frankly, I'm interested in you using it for yourself and going on and, use, and spreading it to somebody else. You know, like I said, if there's something that I missed that you caught, cool. Go, I mean, if you want to reply to me, cool. Email me, message me, whatever. I'm definitely down. I've said that since I started this podcast. But go out and see how you can see how you've used it and then help somebody else understand the concept and go use it themselves. Anyways, one of the things that he has is called the three G's, which is growth, grit, and giving. And growth is that this, this is my whole point, like growth, learning, growing, you learn, finding these things that work and grit is to me the way, cause he didn't use this word, but I use it is like the tenacity to, to push through the hard, the whole point is to push through the hard times. That's the whole point Just of grit. grit. And think of grit like sandpaper grit. The, the lower the number, the finer it is. I mean, the, sorry, the more coarse it is. Mm-hmm. The, the higher the number, the more, the more fine it is. And it's, it's a little easier. But when you get super gritty, you know, when you have a, a, a grit 10, well, I forgot how the measurement is, but let's say it's a 10, yeah. and which is like one of the lowest numbers you can get because that's, I mean, that's, that's freaking rock. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like caliche on paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Kalich is like rock people, like for you, <laughs> for you guys listening around the world, like it's, it's this type of rock uh, or like gravel. Oh, gravel. Gravel is probably the better word. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but think of that grit and then giving. He said the biggest thing is, is changing from, from being a go-giver to a go-gifter, which is the same thing as the, the book, The Go-Giver, written by to- two, two do- totally different people that I have not even dove into anymore mm-hmm. because I've only read this book and I let it be. You know, I, I, I'm here to the concept of go giving stuck with me. Okay, let, let's keep going. Yeah. And so then hearing him bring that up, and then t- Tom Billy went went off on his own little tangent of like, once he figured out that you know, he, you reach this peak of making money, and then you realize that money's not the answer. So then you you re- you then go to trying to find something that you actually want to do and help and and grow, you know, with 
essentially your own two hands, right? And the way I connect that is with another concept that, that Jim brings up, which is the H cubed, which it, it starts in your head, you, it goes to your heart, which is the emotion to then take action with your hands. So head, heart, hands. And a lot of people want to go from head to hands, and they wonder why they quit because they don't have the heart. And that's the way he connected it. I'm like, man, that may, like, it's, it's so intuitive. Like, it's so intuitive the way to help somebody understand that. Because yeah. some people want to just do it. And, and I was like that too. That's why this podcast is 30 episodes in and I'm like barely finding where it's going. Uh-huh. But, and I'll tie in a, a Seth Godin thing in a bit once we get into the questions. But, you know, I, I was that person too of just doing, doing, doing. And, but, but figuring stuff along the way. And I'm, but I'm okay with that. I'm not worried about being perfect. I'm not worried about the details that I have no clue about, you know? Anyways, so that's what, did, did you, have you seen The Matrix? I've never seen The Matrix. Uh, I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but not enough to say, oh, I get it. I, I've seen it, you know? Okay. Okay. Cause he, he brings up The Matrix. That's like one of his things that he actually has used to make sense of more things. So for you, uh, listeners who have listened or watched The Matrix, sorry, uh, you know who Morpheus is, you know who Neo is, you know who Trinity is. And the way he, Jim brings it up, and even Tom was like, damn, like, he's like, I never thought about it like that. And the way he brings it up is like, Morpheus is the mind, you know, the state of mind that you're in. Neo is the person who takes action. That's that's the hands. You know, you're taking action, you're doing. And in Trinity, which it's amazing how her name, or their name is Trinity, it's the heart, it's the emotion, it's the love that w- will drive you to, to, to follow through with your decision making, right? And it's like, Oh my God! They had to choose Trinity. Like that was my initial thought. Was like Trinity. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that was to me. Jim hit that stuff right on the nail, and he's absolutely right. Of the producers that thought of these names, like, oh, what should we name these people? Well, let's make the love part Trinity. Let's name her Trinity. It makes so much sense. And Tom's reaction to me, like, even though I haven't really seen The Matrix, like, completely, um, Tom's reaction made me just believe it. Like, the, as surprised as he was, or, or as like. As much as it clicked with him, like, I was like, wow, like, I guess this... It must be true. Yeah, super true. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, if you see Tom, when he watches the video, I have, I'll have it in the show notes, but when he watches the video and he sees Tom's genuine reaction, because he's obviously seen it and whatever, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, it must be true. Uh, what's another thing I got? Oh, uh, his favorite superhero is Spider-Man. And one of... Jim's friends is Stan Lee, <laughs> right? And then, because on one of the deals, like, Jim says, oh, Stan, this, this, and that, right? And, and Jim, Tom, Tom's like, uh, Stan, for, for all you, Stan Lee, he's talking about Stan Lee. Oh, yeah, just Stan, like, he kind of makes fun of him, you know, for that moment. But uh, Jim says that with, without a skipping a beat, that Stan Lee replies, with great, power to come, with great power comes great responsibility, which is the main quote that summarizes Spider-Man, like those newer video, newer movies. And my favorite, Adam Robinson, opposite is true. With great responsibility comes great power. And it's interesting because the way I I segued this was like Tim Ferriss where he wants to simplify. And sometimes really to solve something, you need to take things away and not add things. So if you keep adding – so tying this in with that is that if you add responsibilities – and things to your day or your quote-unquote stresses, you're not going to solve it. And you're going to need more power than you already don't have. That's, that's, at least that's the way I kind of see it, is that you're, you're asking for more things on your plate. 
and yet you're already disposing of your power like on these four things, but yet you're asking for a fifth and sixth and seventh thing, and you don't you already don't have enough energy, and probably not even time, um, to follow through with that. But but when he, when my whole thing, my reason why this fifth point was my was written was because of Adam Robinson. We talked about last week where it took us two minutes to, or it took me two minutes to figure out. I'm like, why is this connected? Because opposites are true. You know, if 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 this is one, if it doesn't make sense then the opposite must be true. And and finally, this is my extra, is like a parallel that I have. And one thing that um, Jim Quick mentions in this interview is Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, which I have not read. But my whole point is Joseph Campbell. I've read The Power of Myth. It ties in religion. Uh, from uh, multiple, It ties in religion from multiple aspects. And it's it's cleared up a lot of things for me, for Jim, being that his favorite thing was like superheroes, and that that kind of like just the way he was able to learn a hero's journey. He ties all that in, and that's why that, that my own thing is like the parallel of Joseph Joseph Campbell and seeing what kind of impact he's had for multiple types of people. And uh, initially, when I first heard Jim mention the superhero thing, I was like, oh my god, like I need to I need to research this guy because I feel. I personally, this is, we're going to get a little vulnerable. I feel very tied into superhero movies. And Luis is like, dude, it's just a movie. I'm like, but imagine. And this was my thing. This was my thing when the new Power Rangers came out. I'm like, but imagine. I'm like, I'm not asking for superhero, like, qualities or characteristics of, like, the actual, uh, like, superpowers. But the processes of being a superhero, which then Jim Quick has already been spending, like, 30 years on. And I'm like, oh my god! Like this is what I've been searching for. That I want him. To, that I want Luis to watch because I'm like, dude, this is what I'm talking about. It's not about being a superhero and having superhuman things. It's about like having the characteristics. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, Brian, the first question I want to ask you is, what is your favorite superhero? Who is your favorite superhero? Top of your head, go. I don't th- like. I don't. I know who, but I don't think I have like a a deep reason for. But it's it'd be Iron Man. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And, okay. And the reason, okay. I thought I thought it was Batman. My first guess was Batman. And and they're pretty much the same. <laughs> the they're, same. Yeah, pretty much same. Billionaires would have their toys and use them for good. You know? Yes. And that's my whole point, because that's something that I was able to kind of tie in with Tony Robbins, because he asks about. I guess it was one of the questions that that Tony Robbins has, like one going back to like the. Who do you re- who do you really like and who and emulate them, and like I kind of saw that and for me it kind of makes sense like, uh, as far as you know the sporty cars and stuff and and yet and you have your Mustang and like you know you're you're doing your thing but Iron I guess Iron Man makes sense but like for me Batman but but it was for the same reasons the the yeah. reasons the reasoning was the same that I was like I wonder what Brian's was and I want to dive into this and like really really like just put this t- into a framework that uh, we can. Uh, talk about you know and then i put uh well i put the why which is you know these billionaires with toys and then they and then eventually get to where they want to use them for good um iron man trying to think i feel like i have something in my head why well could you could you try to dive into your head and see why it would be iron man aside from the monetary characteristics i think and and really like I don't know much of his his comic book like 
history because I know it's it's kind of changed. Um, you know when they adapt into the movies, so the movies are what's you know most fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But the way he's portrayed by like Robert Downey Jr., he's like this kind of. He comes off as like stuck up and egotistical, but he's got very good. Um, he's got very like a like a deeper, noble purpose behind that that persona. Like, you know, if you if you watch the movies, he that's that's kind of how he is. He's like a know it all, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this this way, and I'm gonna do it that way because I'm right because I know it. I'm super smart. <laughs> yeah. But it it's all with like good intention. So I I think it's it's. What it, what I like about him is that, is that yes he's he's rich he's smart, but he has like a noble cause behind that that right. mask. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know what, what what I would love to ask ask Tony Stark the char- like if if the character were real and this this comes from Tim Robbins oh sorry Tim Tim Robbins dude that that's bad <laughs> Tony Robbins uh, is whose love do you crave and I don't know if you I don't know if you want to answer that Brian. Because and I'll, I'll I'll give mine and then you can decide to answer or not. It it, it really it's up to you. Because this mm-hmm. is like I said I, I when writing these questions and listening to Tony Robbins, uh, yes, because I, I got this one particularly yesterday um, from one of his interviews with Marie Forlo, Forleo. Mm-hmm. She has a channel on on YouTube called Marie TV, and uh, he asked her on and he's like if, he's like if you're willing like you don't have to but if you're willing. You know, let's dive into this, and and it's interesting because like he basically did like a you know ten minute consulting you know right there and right quick, right. and and one of his main questions was like whose love do you crave, and for her it was her dad, because her with her dad she had to be smart she had to be successful she had to be happy go giddy not go like, go giddy like not go giver but go giddy she she she, had to, she couldn't be she said she couldn't be sad because one of the questions also that he follows up with is what couldn't you be for your dad what couldn't what what couldn't you be for this parent, and when I was thinking about for myself I was like hmm it's like who's loved like Craig because it was interesting for me, and it wasn't even because I was the only child because there was I had several I have I have several cousins you know within the age group. But it's like, I was always with somebody. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like if I had to answer this question, because one thing that Tony Robbins wants to keep clear is like, it's not who do you love more or who do you love the most. It's yeah. whose love did you crave? Like, did you just yearn for? Because he, he even brings in the science. Oxytocin is what is the chemical you feel from your mom initially. That's why you feel that separation from your mom when you're a baby and you start crying. It's like, what is this? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's literally a science called, and it, it's called oxyto- oxytocin that you feel as a baby. And uh, I definitely, I know I got all that from my mom, like as long as I could, as long as I've lived. And because my dad drove on a truck long distance for 15 years, the first 15 years of my life, I feel like I didn't have a dad. Like he was around and I went on trips with him, but yet, you know, let's say he was off for three weeks at a time, home for two days and then back out again. Mm -hmm. And of course now, like there's so much understanding. Like I I think I, I give all the credit to like these distant mentors that I have of like understanding it's like yeah, cause he worked. That that was that's his line of work. Even now, he's still a truck driver now, just at home. Right. And the the life changing moment for me was my fifth. The summer I was fifteen, gonna be a sophomore, was the best summer of my life. And the reason I say that is because not even having to do with band, but my daddy got off the truck. And that year that he got off the long long distance truck, we went undefeated in baseball. That's just like serendipity for me. It's not coincidental, but it's just serendipity that I was like, oh my god, like how. How 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 amazing these stars lined up that my dad happened to 
make all fifty, you know, all seventeen games, and we went seventeen and zero. You know, like that's just stuff that I know I'm very fortunate to have. Right. But I feel like because of the primary fifteen years that I had, right now I'm still trying to grow. I'm still trying to grow those fifteen years that I, in my subconscious, lost. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to say my my answer is my dad, who's the 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 most. And then, and then going deeper is like, who did I have to be for that? Who do I have to be for him? And well, I was in baseball. I, you know, athletic. I mean, I was in all sports. And even then, like, the crazy answer for me, and I, I'd be very curious to talk to Tony about this, is like, but I like doing all these things. Uh, and my question to him would be like, is this because subconsciously, like, that's who I needed to be? You know, is it, does it go that deep? I, I'm, having, I'm having, like, the same thoughts because... For me, the, the love that I crave is also my dad. And I think it's for similar reasons. Like, my parents split up when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So I always had, like, love and affection for my mom. But my dad, like, when I would rarely see him. Yeah, it was different, um, especially when you are younger. Yeah, so then when I did see him, it's like I kind of wanted wanted what I had with my mom mm-hmm. from my dad as yeah. well. And, you know, since we're men, we don't, right, yeah. we don't really exactly. show it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, like, thinking on who I had to be for him, because that's, that's the same, like, question that I kept asking even when when figuring out whose love I create, yeah. it's because I had to be I had to be a man. I had to I had to work. I had to problem solve. You know, all these things while I was with them. I had to be intelligent. You know, on my feet. I had to be strong, yeah. physically yeah. strong, yeah. mentally strong. Physi- yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I like working with my hands. I like problem solving, analyzing all these things. And it's th- I'm wondering the same thing. Yeah. Is it because that's who he needed? He wanted me to be. Yeah. Or. You know, or did I just kind of learn to to like to be this person because that's who I was with my dad? Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah, and that, this is like this is where like I'm I'm really getting close to like finally finally pulling the trigger on uh, some of Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek strategies of like calling a famous person you want to know, and or uh, you want to get to go get to know know or have an interview or whatever, like diving into that. And it's like I'm getting very close to that, and, like. I'm probably going to have to book, like, essentially when this happens, it's going to be, like, months in advance because, I mean, he talks about, you know, he travels 15 countries a year. He talks to 250 million people a year. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Finally got some some general stats of, like, I think he feeds, like, 10 million families a year or 10 million people a year. And then, like, feedingamerica.com, they help, like, uh, find donations to, uh, what's it called? Like, when you, when you, like, when he, like, let's say he raises X, and they want to oh, match to match. match. Yeah, they match. They match the amount, and so they find they find donors, uh, whether anonymous or otherwise, to then match Tony Robbins. And that, that's how they f- they. I think they fed over hundred million people now. I think that's what the number that's is, crazy. which is amazing in like ten years. Like it's yeah. quick, it's rapid, it's it's moving fast, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And it's and it's, it's to me, he's doing something fast as fast as the, as fast as the internet. Because you won't know about it unless you know Tony Robbins, unless you do the reading, unless you do the research. Watch these interviews that I'm watching, which is crazy because, like, on Marie Folio's uh, interviews, they're very good. But, like, there's only, like, you know, a few thousand, like, views, which is insane to me. Because then you watch Gary Vee, which pushes, like, social media hard. So you see the hundreds of thousands of views. Even Mars Bar, like, these tech guys. Yeah. These tech people that are, like, they're just massive, like, numbers on, on online. But... The cool thing about Jim, going back to Jim Quick, Tony Robbins, is that they're reaching those millions, and they're reaching, they're reaching their brains, they're reaching their stomachs. You know, the, 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 they're humanizing people again, and that, that's what has happened. That's, that's been some of, some of the fallout characteristics of social media, 
is dehumanizing being able to just rant on somebody else's comment because you don't like what they think or how they think or what they do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so loves are creative. Both are dads. Uh, who would you have to be? And for me, one of the answers for that for sure is, like, I had to be quiet because he was sleeping. When he was home, he was sleeping. And so this question made me, now it's making me think, because it's like, okay, now I, I need to follow up with Luis. My favorite piece is towards the end of this, uh, this movie, this episode with Tony Robbins and Marie Folio. Folio. Tony Robbins says, he brings up his son, because I think it's his youngest son who took a little while longer to, grow, to develop a work ethic. And Tony Robbins finally, like, just went introvert for himself. And he's like, okay, you know, like, I want him to do. But then he's like, why Why not? Why, isn't he, why doesn't he have this work ethic? Because, like, Tony Robbins, he's outgoing. He's, li- he's alive every day. You know, he's, he's driven. He's, and driven's a very ambiguous word now. I think it's, it's become one of those ambiguous words with a lot of other words, such as uh, knowledge, you know, potential. People are now forgetting the potential knowledge because knowledge is only so far, you know. Right. Knowledge is potential power, not power. Right, and that's where we're losing a lot of people. Um, but anyways, so but one of the things he mentions about his son is like, he's like, well, he's my son. I know my son, and I was like, you know, how well for me? Like at, at this point, I'm getting less and less caring about any other adults who are tr- wanting to be a part of Luis's life and coming back to myself again. And it's like, okay, whose whose love does he crave? Because I know it's not mine. And so with that in mind, how can I just help him? You know, and on this work ethic example that Tony Robbins gives, he was talking to his son. He's like, son, like, you know, at, at, the, begin- at the beginning, he was like, son, like, you need to work on your work ethic. Like, I, I, you need to, you need to, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? And then, again, finally realizing, like, wait, well, he doesn't go through the same, he, he never had the same problems I had. He'll never have those problems. Like, his, his parents are, you know, Tony has his wife, which is his mom. And, you know, so his upbringing was totally different, totally total 180. I was going to say, like, I think uh, maybe around this this week I had kind of like a like a similar thought. Like, how do you how can you because, I mean, I don't have kids. I'm mm-hmm. still young. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to become of my future. But I've kind of thought the same thing. Like, if if I were to become, you know, someone successful and, uh, you know, very I could, you know, become influential and whatnot, maybe be well off financially. How do I guarantee or how do I help my children achieve that success? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you can't guarantee it. Like you were, you were brought up differently. Totally it's different, bro. Those things right. like affect you, affect mm-hmm. your you as a person, and and they're different variables that will put you on a certain path and. Unless those those variables are recreated, you know exactly, and even besides that, like your personality, right, has a lot to do with. Mm-hmm. It. I can't guarantee that my son or daughter will have the same personality, even if I recreate the same variables. Yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. they could go completely. The action could be totally different. Yeah, yeah, direction, yeah. Where they know it's conscious, you know, decision making or yep. not. Um. So so he continues, and he said, as he as he was reach as he retracted into himself, Tony Tony did this, and he's like, man, like you know. He doesn't. The, the variables are totally different. Everything from the money to the living, everything was different. And so then he says, "What am I supposed to learn from him?" And dude, I and I, I had to. I, and I'll be very honest. Like I said, this, this is a vulnerable, vulnerable conversation for my, for myself. 
of like I had to turn my face because of course my mom's sitting here in the middle and Luis is next to me, but like a tear started rolling down my eyes because it's like okay I need I need to, I need to pause because he's right now he's the most important teen- teenager in my life right so I said okay what am I supposed to learn from Luis and then fucking Tony Robbins Tony Robbins said he said so this is the question he asked himself and he answered it and then he's like son you know how to chill teach me how to chill coach me how to chill. And I laughed. Yeah. And of course, I have my headphones on, so my mom's pissed off because I'm on YouTube mm-hmm. because she sees you, at least on YouTube all the time. So with that in mind, I'm already emulating him on purpose, spending more time on YouTube, of course, for different reasons. And I'm trying to get Luis over here. You know, I'm still trying to pull him, but not I think still just being the way Jock calls it, calls it leadership capital. You know, you only have so much capital mon- uh, value in your, right. in your leadership that you have to use a little bit of time. Now you're going to run out, you have to re- regain regain all that capital again. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I haven't done this and I haven't talked about this with Luis yet. And I've kind of just let him be because I had, I've used this weekend initially to enjoy time with him and letting him know that, hey, I, I, I do have fun too. You know, because lately, I guess in his eyes, I've been a little more humorous in my, like my, my uh, replies to him. He's like, dude, where do you get that from? He's like, you, you can't be that funny. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm working at it. Like, but because yeah. I'm, I'm making sure that, okay, like I, I'm a hard ass, but you know, for the weekend that we're out on the road for vacation, let it be a vacation, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, so it's like, what am I supposed, what am I supposed to learn from him? And Tony Robbins was, was to be chill. And initially, or essentially it's, Kind of the same thing from Luis. It's just to allow myself to relax just a little yeah. bit more than I'm comfortable than I'm comfortable with. It's not about him. It's about me using this to then be chill with Luis. And in this, in Tony's case, Tony with his son. Well, then Tony replied or continues with this conversation, or this example, and saying that lo and behold, three, four months later, his son comes up or comes in with like incredible work ethic like i i he doesn't even go into like the what he goes into like work wise mm-hmm. but that in three four months once he let his son chill and stop being so pushy amazing things happened and like i'm very fearful of that because i don't know like tony knows because like i said tony knows his son he said he's like he's like of course it's my son i know my son and he said it with full-fledged confidence. Like, right. there's a difference saying, oh, I know my son. He's this. No, no, no. I, I, believe, I actually believe Tony versus, like, half the parents that I actually know. He knows him to the core. Yeah, he knows his son to the core. Yeah. And he's like, I, I, he's like, I can read my son's brain. Like, I, I know what he's thinking. I know what he's doing. Because initially his son's like, is this some type of tactic? Like, you're trying to, like, put me in, like, some type of trance. Because, I mean, Tony yeah. Robbins has done that neuro-linguistic, like, change and, like, hypnosis and all that stuff. Uh-huh. He's he studied all that stuff. And uh, so... So his son caught that. He's like, are you, he's, and he's like squinting his eyes, like, hmm, like you're just playing a game with me, dad. Like, you know, like, like I don't, I don't believe you. He's like, no, no, yeah. no. He's like, he's like, coach me how to chill. And like Tony goes to like, and Tony's son's like, well, you just kind of like, ch- you just kind of <laughs> sit. He's like, you just kind of sit and you just kind of just chill. And it's okay. And, and, and even now he admits like, you know, he's not the best, he's not the master chiller. Yeah. His son is, but his son also has a work ethic now. So it's definitely going into the fall now that football season started. And regardless, the time is almost perfect because, well, you know, in a few days I'd lose Luis for, you know, for the fall. And 
and then you know I I get to see him for his football games every other weekend. Go back to our our schedule, our school schedule, and even then we're gonna, we're I mean now that Eddie has his booking agent and radio people, we're gonna be busier than we've ever been, you know, in the past year and a half. Right. We're gonna basically double down and get that going. <clears throat> so who knows? Change is gonna happen again. I get, yeah, so I, well, yeah I'm, I'm trying to read through my questions here. So what, what am I supposed to learn from him? What skill does he have that I don't have? And they was chilling. Uh, one thing they, they – one little, like, example he gives, and I'll show you, Brian, is, like, give me your hand. Like, like put in like, a fist. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, you, when, you, when I push, you resist. Okay. That's the metaphor he uses for his son. So that's the metaphor that you can use, that you can use, and people listening uh, – or I'm, I'm gonna po- I'll probably post this little clip. I'm, I'm taping this right now, too. So – when you're again, let's do it again. So I'm pushing Brian. Brian's resisting me. He's not pushing back. He's resisting. Yeah. That's that's the that's the correct terminology for this example. And it's like when you push, 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 you're gonna get resistance. Jocko talks about it too, mm-hmm. and that goes back to leadership capital, blah blah blah. The point is, when you allow them to just kind of move and let them be for the time for now, and I think there's a piece missing here because I'm I'm still trying because I feel like. There's still a way to not push but be with them. Because one thing that Tony Robbins does bring up is, like, leverage. And there's a difference between delegating and leveraging. So you, you leverage uh, a project to somebody. But when you do that, you go with them in the project. And you, you're able to be with – like, let's say I, dele- I give you a project to work on, right? right? And I delegate you, okay, do this project and go get it done. Well, then I sh- – Usually what happens when you delegate something like that, especially if it's a big project, is I, I, come, out, I come back pissed off because I didn't like the way you did it. Whereas when you – I, I, leverage might be the wrong word, but I know he definitely uses the word leverage where, like, when you give a project and you only give so – you only, maybe only give so much leverage to that person, and you're, but you're able to follow, follow them through the steps to make sure it's moving the right way. Well, then you feel fulfilled anyways. You feel happy about the outcome, you know, as opposed to, like I said, delegating – then you end up pissed off about the thing. Yeah, because you just gave directive and then kind of. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, go do project Y. And essentially, when you end the, the, this is one thing that I definitely connect to is like when you give a project like that, when you give a project Y, you can't. And I, I've, I have argued, and I'm glad Tony said it the way he did, because my argument is like you can't be pissed off when they come back with their project done. It's done. They finished it. The quality might suffer, but they finished it. And that's my, that's my, that's definitely something that I caught. I'm like, okay, Tony cleared it up for me because I'm like, okay, um, this is definitely the way I want to do it. Whereas like first when, especially like Tim Ferriss and Tim Ferriss just says it in a different way on four hour work week of, um, you know, when he started getting his, when he started outsourcing, uh, like emails, like certain like, uh, appointment making, like he had to be like, he had to make sure he was like super detailed, but it goes back to that. Because, like, initially he was delegating, and then he had to actually, like, make sure, like, everything was there step by step so that it can be done the way he wants it done. Or at least the scheduling can be done the way he wants You know, whatever it is, he wants yeah. it done the way it's done. Is there something you feel you have to do all the time? That's, it's very general, but it's continuing on this Tony Robbins thing. Still trying to dive into the subconscious to try to develop more clarity because I, I, I know like i said for me it definitely helps me gain a sense of clarity answering these questions of like who's love do i crave and so on yeah um is there something you feel like you have to do all the time my answer is at least for the time being i have to be constantly moving like mentally moving not physically moving right, right. mentally moving for me it would probably 
I guess the, the closest answer I can give you is understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, I always have to understand. Like, when you're telling me something, it'll bug me if I don't get it and I walk away. Or if I get, like, a directive at work, I have to understand what you want so mm-hmm. that I can give you what what you're looking for, you know? Yeah. So I think in, in like, to, to in a general sense, like, something I need to do constantly, something I, I have to do yeah. in my life is understand. I have to understand. Otherwise, if I don't get it, it's, it's going to bug me and, and I'm going to be lost in whatever it is that I'm, I'm supposed to do or what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, I know definitely for me, it's like I said, it's, it's having to mentally be doing. And I tied it in kind of this morning. And my reasoning, at least to my thinking, is like I realize of what I don't want to be like, and and this is probably maybe sounds bad, but it's helped me get to this point of like, or well, we've kind of mentioned it, where like work smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. But I think it comes from like my parents, because one and okay now tying in like Seth Godin and he one thing he talks about on he was also with Marie Forleo like a while back, so I watched that video too, and basically you know school back then actually Jim Quick talks about this too. So school back then, back in the day, you know, they wanted to create factory workers and assembly line workers. So at school, you were learned, you were taught how to sit for eight hours and listen to directives. That's Seth Godin's basic, basic definition of like 20th century education. Mm-hmm. And now with the, the way we are now, it's different, right? So when my parents wanted me to go to college, it was to have an education because that's what you needed. You needed an education, blah, 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 all that stuff. Right. And now that I'm doing this, as opposed to going for my MBA, it's like, it's that push and retract, you know, that push and uh, resist. resist, right. And so when I, when this question came up through Tony Robbins, it's like, what do you feel like you have to do all the time? And it's like, for me right now, that's what it is. Like, I feel like, if, and also it goes back to like missing something. Like I'm, I'm dreadfully fearful of missing something, which right. is so much, there's so much bites. Cause I think your brain, this goes back to Jim Quick. I think your brain processes like a million pieces, like per minute or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever that science is and it's like i already know i'm missing like 999,999 yeah. it's like if i can get that one that it keeps me constant then i at least have that you know and because of that then yeah i feel like i need to continuously have my brain working which eventually like i said it catches up and i now venture say go on vacation for three at least three days you know for me three days was plenty you know when me and luis went out last week for the camp um, it was very, for me, at least it was very much work oriented. Yeah, we had some fun. We had a gr- some great time, but I didn't really stop the work. The work didn't really stop. For these three days this week, leading up to tonight, it was stop. You know, now, interesting enough, was like, because there's so much road time and like from the hotel to like Canyon Lake and like everywhere else we went, it was like a 30, 40 minute drive plus traffic, right? And so I had a lot of time to watch, still watch YouTube. So I was still able to get work done, you know, like, yeah. like I was still able to have my cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. which I don't suggest but that that's what I that's what I did but at least when I got to the place or when we got to the place I tried to put my phone away and you know I tried my best to be there which is a big deal cuz if you I mean if you know me personally I mean when I say yeah I need my brain working at, at 100% of the time it that's that's where I'm at right now and I'm I'm working on my balance you know my personal balance that then I can go out and help others gain their personal balance and moving with life anyways um yeah that's what I um one thing that um I want to go back to Seth Godin, or I want to go to Seth Godin. We can transition to Seth Godin. 
is, uh, I believe this comes up in the Seth Godin interview with Marie Folio, but her, her deal was, oh, this is, this is with Tony Robbins. So her general question was, have you fallen into a funk? Oh no, she, I guess she, I think she talks about when she, like she's fallen into a funk and like, how, how do you get out of it? Blah, blah, blah. She asked, that's the, that's the basic subject she brings up to Tony Robbins. And so my question is, has, have you fallen into a funk? When did you become conscious and how did you resolve it? I don't know about when I became conscious of it, but I, I have fallen into, you know, little funks here and there. And I, like I said, I don't know when I realize this, but when I do, I automatically feel like I have to retract and understand, you know, why. <laughs> why, why understand, why yeah, the, what's the, the root of this and so that we can work from there. So if it's like an emotional funk or like a funk at work where I'm like, ah, just, I'm not feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Or, and, it, and I think generally it's always like a lack of fulfillment. Like you don't feel fulfilled in, in one aspect of your life or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of where, where the funk comes in. So for me, it's always like retracting and understanding what am I missing so that I can move forward. I could kind of fill that void and we can move on. Right. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought you brought up fulfillment because the way I'm gonna tie that in is uh, Tony Robbins' thing of art of achievement versus the art of fulfillment, and of course he goes into like a very like workplace mm-hmm. definition for it, but his example and it's my favorite just for the simple definition is like Robin Williams, and he's asked people all over the world about Robin Williams and you know what kind of you know if you if you loved Robin Williams raise your hand that was his thing. Mm-hmm. But only if you love, not if you liked him, like, oh, yeah, he's really good. No, if you loved him. He said 95% all over the world, whether it's Brazil, whether it's Europe, Australia, the U.S., 95% of people loved Robin Williams. And Tony Robbins is like, he mastered the art of achievement. He he created a sitcom, he, or he, did, he had, like, a TV show back in the day. He had his, I think, like, interview, like, TV show type show. And then he made a movie where his character was serious even though he had been a comedian for all these years and even he still won awards he still did all this stuff he had a great family great you know wife kids um a, he said millions hundreds maybe hundreds of millions of people that loved him mm-hmm. and yet he still committed suicide in his home and he hung himself out of all the types all the ways to commit suicide he hung himself in his own home and the reason is because he was not fulfilled and and it, that's a deep, I think thing. And it, it, it's kind, of, it's interesting how it's kind of at least for me the way I see it in this podcast. I bring up quite a, like not often, but the 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 darkness of suicide. But I think it's because it's a very real thing. And one thing I mentioned about like some of my jujitsu partners is like some of these guys that are vets and they come from they they served in Afghanistan early in the the, the Afghanistan war before Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know they served in there. They served in Iraqi and especially some of them that have, like, that PTSD still, you know, 10 years later. And, you know, I brought that up, and I maybe that's why my subconscious is, like, because I'm, I'm just trying to be aware and trying to, maybe, I mean, I can't help somebody, but I can be like, hey, go to the doctor, dude, like, you know, like, or do you want me to, do you want me to take you? I'll take you to the, to the hospital, whatever you need to do. You know, I'd be willing to do that. Um, maybe that's why it's kind of like a reoccurring theme. And I know for sure, like, Tim Ferriss went through it. I, I I told Eddie this. At some point, we'll go in. It's in, it's in the Tilt of Titans mm-hmm. towards the end of the book uh, where Tim Ferriss gives his 
deal. And I, what I'm probably gonna do is just read it, and however long it takes me to read it, and we just go through it, and you know, we can not dissect it, but just ingest it. You know, take it in and yeah. for what it is, because it, it happens. So like Tim Ferriss talks about that. Jocko, you know, he, I think he's known a few people, you know, that served and they went, they fell off, you know, they went into that darkness and they didn't come back, you know, and, and for Tony Robbins, leading back to like funks and then tying in art of fulfillment versus achievement, which then <laughs> brings in like Simon Sinek and being fulfilled and being in a, because like I'm reiterating, Simon Sinek's vision is to have a person come home fulfilled from their job, having the, having the art of fulfillment done because they know they did good at their job. They know their job was worthy. They know that their job was appreciated and they can go home in peace mm-hmm. to go to their family and be happy at home. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's one thing I thought about as soon as you brought up achievement and then you saw you, then you said fulfillment it was perfect time for me to bring in like this point, um, which, uh, well, what I was going to say is like, uh, I always, uh, Say I'm gonna use stuff from like like last podcast. I said, oh, I might say this, I might bring this up next week, and then I always like it's find like new content, new content because like, well, uh, honestly, like that's how fast we're moving, anyways. You know, it's like yeah. you know, I do have a plan though for for like the end of the year, mm-hmm. for like uh like all the questions that we haven't answered, and see you know if we can go off on a conversation like that. Okay. Luis actually has a good uh, like idea where he wants to come in, and give us a topic that he can ask us. Based on our experience, that'd be cool, right? So we're getting there, people. Like you know, I'm, I'm working at it. I'm probably gonna wait till after his 16th birthday, just because I can say he's 16, and you know, we'll, we'll, it's just like a big questions deal. Questions from a 16 year old. Yeah, yeah, questions from yeah, exactly. So it's it's more of a me thing that I'm just holding off. And like I said, like when well, I haven't said, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I said to Brian, where like you know, for me, I tussle very hard with myself on taking action quickly, like I did with a podcast, and then waiting an extra second. I pull very hard back and I fucking throw that line all the way as far out as I can, as far out as I can. And I, I tussle with that rope every day. And the perfect example is like right now where I, I have these ideas are claiming and we came up with this idea like during spring break. Like it's, it's still, it's still simmering. Like it's very much simmering and, and he keeps bringing it up. So I know he wants to do it. I'm like, hold on, dude. I'm like, hold on. Like, especially now that I feel like this content can give more, a little more leverage to people, more value to people. Um, it's like, hold on, we'll, we'll get there and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm, cause I'm very interested in what he's going to do. Mom, but you need to bring your questions. I don't want you to be like, uh, uh, like, no, yeah. we need to prep it. I don't, I don't want to, I know, I don't want to know the questions because I want right. it to be very generic. You know, I, I do want that to be. But he needs to know what he wants. Yeah, to he ask. needs to know. Yeah, I don't want us. And we're, and the cool thing is like, you know, between the listeners and me and Brian here is like, we, this also helps him with his language and like his, his usage of words and the importance of language and, you know, right. speaking correctly. Cause my thing right now with him, that I am kind of pushing on is like talking out loud. It's like, dude, I cannot hear you. I need you to speak. And me and Brian have talked about this several times off the mic, mm-hmm. but it's like, dude, like we'll be at a restaurant and like, it's freaking loud. Cause there's people talking and it's like, Oh, I'll, I'll take some wings and a Coke. Dude, what? Like what? No, 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 no. It's not worked like that. Like yesterday, like, you know, everybody that I am, obviously I'm working on my diet, but yesterday I had some ice cream. It was very good. And I made him go get the order. I'm like, here, here's, here's the money. Go get the order here. It's this, this and that. I gave him a list and that, mm-hmm. and it was that. Uh, and he, I mean, he came back when it, it was fulfilled, so it was good. <laughs> it was and he came like, back with food. Yeah, so he, came, we're good. he came back with ice cream, so it was all good. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, so yeah, there's little things that that are gonna happen. It just uh, like I said, I I pull very hard and I throw out very far. You know, I do both. Um, tying in to go into this point is uh, he brings up 
that now and now for him it makes sense for Seth Godin because he's experienced he's you know, he's done all these things, but he says now he stays in the pre-committal stage, extra long. And what he ties into what he calls it is like the instinct to ship, which for him instinct to ship a product. Mm-hmm. For me, it's instinct to just action, take action, and you have to have an instinct to ship. And one of his uh, examples is the people at Jeopardy win because they click the buzzard first, not because they have the answer first. It's like you right. can you can click the button and have a second to come up with the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's like the people that win on Jeopardy be, are, be, are buzzard winners, not. Because if you think about the answer and all the right answer, and then you click, you've lost those it's two seconds yeah. that you would have already had initially. And uh, so that's one thing he has. So let's see, I'm trying to think. Real quick, that reminds me of like Family Feud when when they when like two people come up mm. and they ask the question and they need a buzz and sometimes like they buzz and they're quiet like yeah. they draw a blank. Yeah. But well, the point is to buzz and yeah, have that time. At right? least have that. Yeah. Now if you don't come up with an answer, now you're giving the other person more time to come up with theirs. Yeah. yeah. But it's all yeah. It's how how fast you can yeah. buzz. Oh, because okay, here's another analogy he gives. Uh, he talks about a carousel mm-hmm. that you're waiting for the. I I think it's. I think if you can put yourself in a kid's perspective, it makes it makes even more sense. So you want you have this favorite you have like your favorite horse on the carousel, right? And you, if someone's on it, so you're waiting you're you're waiting in line. You're letting people go in front of you to wait for your horse on the carousel. And yet the carousel's gone over four, five, six, seven, eight times, going in circles, and you've missed all this time that you could have been on the carousel having fun. Yeah. Because all the carousels are generally the same. It's just kind of like waiting for that right moment. Yes. But you know. The best moment is like now. Yes. Just get it, get it done. Yeah. yeah. And I have a quote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave with us at the end of this podcast. But yes, that, it's exactly taking the right moment. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what do you know is going to happen? What's, mm-hmm. one, what's one thing that you know is going to happen? For me, like that I can think of, mm-hmm. the one thing that's going to happen is that time is going to keep moving. Like, that's so, it. So, so go, beyond, so that, go beyond that. So try, try to go a dig, dig, little deeper. Like something, ta- okay, now something tangible. You know time's going to keep moving. You know, you know you're going to keep learning. That's a lot of uh, internal thing, which yeah. you're, that's why the internet exists. So we, I, I understand that. So let, let's, try, let's try to think of something that's going to happen. Something that's going to happen. Next week, bring something that you're, that you, that you're going to plan that's going to happen. Let's do that. Think about it. Keep it so in. So it could be anything. Something that you want to happen, something that you know is going to happen. For me... I know that the podcast is finally going to be more valuable. Okay. I know that Luis is going to – I know he's going to go through a big change. Now, positive or negative, I don't know. But the change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that I can give examples. So it can be literally anything. And, and one thing that said Godin comes up that I'm going to tie in Tim Ferriss, but he says, what am I not going to do to make that happen? Because his, yeah, because one thing that he, his, his example, one of his examples was Twitter. He's like, I can go to Twitter, but if I'm going to go to Twitter, I want to be good at Twitter. What am I going to have to give up to be good at Twitter? Am I willing to give these things up, these, these other things that I already do, my blogging? His, he's been blogging for 10 years or 20 years, whatever, 26 years. Yeah, damn. Yeah, it's been forever. They, were, they used to be called email newsletters. newsletters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they started off as that, and then now they're, it's called blogging. So, he has blogging, which is primary. He has his other, now he has other stuff, you know, uh, 
uh, the dip and like other his in his books and stuff that he writes as well. Um, and because Twitter didn't beat any of those things, he he has never thought about it ever again. It's never even crossed his mind. So that's some that's something that you can use that little context to come back next week. Okay. Because I I also kind of anticipated and I kind of hope for that answer, like for like a no answer because like we can build on this mm-hmm. so that we can make movement. Because one of my questions for you was, have you worked on breaking your inconsistency this week? And you don't have to answer. Yeah. Come back, come back with one thing. If you become conscious of that, you're like, oh my god, I'm inconsistent at this. Come back, and I will make it a point to this material I can bring back next week, so that we can follow up and see. Okay, just one thing. I'm not, and I'm not saying one thing per day. Just something that, and write it down. Send me a text. Send send me an email. If you're at work, send an email. Whatever. Uh, Just because. And my okay for people listening. My only my liking for email is that I can write more, and right now I have time to write more, so I'm cool with it. You want a long answer? I'll give you a long ass answer. You know, whatever, 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 whatever the question needs. Yeah. But that's my own reasoning now that I kind of I'm, I'm 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 reluctant, but moving towards asking people to email me instead of text me, at some point, and it it's gonna become an automated system, but the answers will be better. And I think hopefully if I can do this, we can all learn how to use our time better. And that's not time management, just prioritizing and being val- giving value in everything you do. Mm-hmm. You know so. Work on your, work on any inconsistency. Find something that you know is gonna happen. Like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do this, and I I need jumping. Because one thing that we talked about earlier this weekend was your further movement with Intronaut and not knowing how much you wanted to invest, continue investing yeah, yeah, time yeah, or yeah. monetary. And the way I see it is like, you barely used any money. Like you know, at, at least in my yeah. eyes, you barely my, used anything. My investments, into right? So it's, it's still, it's still super very, minimal. Right. It's still very sorry. It's still very very exactly minimal. So I'm like, I think you're still you're still in the green. You're you're gonna go. Like you have time. You have movement. Yeah. Uh. But tying in Seth Godin again is like, he one thing that Seth Godin t- talks about on this uh, interview is, is having a calling is nonsense. And he's like, if Van Gogh, if Steve Jobs would live 20 years prior or after their time they wouldn't have done what they did they, it would have been something else but it would have been something huge yeah that, that's what his argument is like whatever wherever they were living if Van Gogh was living now maybe he would have invented the iPhone and Steve Jobs would have been a great painter back in the day mm-hmm. right that's his whole point is like a lot of people are looking for the calling and I feel like I kind of fell into that into that line but I knew I, I wasn't fully there because I, I know my motives are my movers right now the motive to understand a child, a 15-year-old, going through adolescence and ch- transition, that's going to go through another transition, and then another transition after high school. The, in this case, particularly with Luis. But that, then tying in, like, working with Eddie and the guys, and then tying in Nine Round and those that staff. You know, like, using all those things, like, having a calling and looking for that, uh, that fulfillment, essentially, that fulfillment. Where it's like okay, you know, and and for me, I, I wouldn't, I would rather be, the Red Ranger than Steve Jobs. Does that make sense? Like I, I'd, I'd rather move the superhero angle, than create something that changes the world. Right. Whereas like I have a team, and let's let's go do something great. You know, I'd re- I that's my thing. And an uh, example I can give that I saw from Tony Robbins, is uh, he, instead of having. Uh, 
how do you say like a team of 12 solving 12 problems he'd, he'd rather have a team of 12 solving one problem and that, may, that makes sense to me now I, 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 I felt overwhelmed for those 12 people because I'm like oh my god like, <laughs> like that's, that's a lot of collaboration you know yes. maybe I'm getting even micro into macro but it's like the concept of having 12 people work on one problem but then of course Tony and it all make it all make obviously it all makes sense because Tony Robbins knows what Tony Robbins knows what we're talking about. But where, you know, everybody has a different point of view, everybody has a different backgrounds. So they can if they can retract and get into the subconscious and bring that out, they can solve that problem in multiple ways and then grow the solutions for that prop for that one problem. Yeah. Which in, in Tony Robbins it's it's hunger. You know, it's it's helping people eat. You know, I don't know how many meals per person because I, I thought it was like like a meal per person. No, it's like. 50 meals per person like it's it's a it's just a it's a quantity monetary quantity like a monetary amount that pays for x amount of meals for per person. person now that's multiplied times 100 million people like that's insane like yeah. you know it's like i don't know 50 meals like, let's just say 50 meals a month for 100 million people like whatever whatever that number is but that's an example of what it could be mm-hmm. it's insane to me i guess i want to i want to just go full circle and end with the power rangers thing Cause I don't think I ever explained my, uh, like my favorite superhero as a child. While I was raised with like Sp- Spider Man, Batman's definitely my number two. Mm-hmm. But like Iron Man, I didn't like, I didn't like, cause I never got into comics. I, when I, cause when I was young, I was played baseball. I was in, I was in actual physical things since I was three. I, learned, I started learning piano when I was three. Started playing baseball when I was six, and then er- everything was just baseball, and then and then band and all that stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was literally just doing things. I wasn't reading. I wasn't home. You know, I was I was out. Now, I when, I, when my parents were at work or whatever, like of course I'd go watch TV and I watch cartoons. That's when I got my Spider Man. That's when I got. But it was mostly like I would say Spider Man, X Men, uh, Batman, like the cartoons. Like those are probably like my like more of what I lean to. But Power Rangers was always the constant. So then when this new Power Rangers movie came out, I was like, oh my god! And like towards like the middle, I mean. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, but you should have seen it by now, like three times. But like towards the middle, when like the the plot ends, you know, and the, the Red Ranger's like, "This is my fault." Like this is when Billy dies. You know, he he gets killed by uh, what's his name? The 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 uh, bad, was, it, was the, it Rita? Rita, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're like in the the boats, whatever. And they and he ends, she ends up killing oh, right, him. Right, right, right. Yeah, towards the like yeah the middle of the ladder toward you know to end the movie or to go towards like the the final like thing, and uh, finally. I think it's Jason, the Red Ranger. He's like, this is my fault. Like he he took ownership, and I think I told you, Brian. I'm like, Jocko needs to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jocko needs to see this. I'm like, he take he's taking ownership. The team's like, no, it's my fault. I'm sorry, guys. Whatever. Then Zordon's like, you know what? There can only be one Red Ranger, and you're the leader of this team. And that was and that's crazy. Like if you watch the movie and you think about it, like at the beginning of the movie, where Zordon's like, okay, I'm, I'm the Red Ranger, or whatever, whatever, and like I'm gonna lead the team. But it's like, well, and I, I do agree. Like, this isn't, this was never his team, though. Like, I, I understood that, but because of Extreme Motion, because of Jocko. I'm like, but yeah, but you, you were the Red Ranger with your team. I'm like, in this context, Jason is the Red Ranger. He is the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I just, I guess, I just wanted to come full circle with that, just to tie in the whole concept of my wanting to uh, build my leadership. Now, I don't see myself as the Red Ranger because. Like I said, every time I turn into a monitor, the closest thing to Red Rangers is this podcast, because I am the one creating the content. I'm the one that has, and I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm the one that has like I mean this is something that I, I can say I have 
thought of deeply and for hours. Bring the child. Yeah, yeah. That that I've I've seen now. I've created like the concept of moving with life and how everybody's saying they want to learn, they want to grow. It's like okay, well, let's learn, let's grow, let's move. You know, and and like I said, I'm not scared. I love giving credit to all the people who have given me these thoughts. Tony Robbins, Jocko Pot, Jocko, Jocko Willink, um, John Eldridge, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, all these guys. Uh, even Colonel Hackworth, who wrote uh, Steal, My Soldier, Steal My Soldier's Hearts, Vietnam uh, vet. Um, that, yeah, it's, it's learning, growing, and let's move. So, for next week, Brian's going to tell us what he knows is going to happen and something, something inconsistent that he's going to work on. And then I will come back with some content and we will continue. And Brian, if you want to now give your social media. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram under Brian Alejandro underscore. That's B-R-Y-A-N-A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O underscore. And you can check me out on Fiverr also for all of your Excel needs under Brian Alejandro. No underscore. For the podcast, you can contact me. Uh, for Instagram and Twitter, it's moving with life underscore. That's for Instagram and Twitter. And then for Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash moving with one life, the number one. So moving with one life, you'll find the page. Uh, everything's, of course, in the show notes. I'm going to have all these videos. I'll have all this information on the show notes as far as like the videos that I used for this content. Now, I, I, the only part I messed up with this content is that I didn't write like, okay, did I come up with this question or did, did I get it from Tony Robbins or, or Marie or Seth? But I'm going to have the questions up there no matter what. And like I said, the links will be on there that you can check them out. Um, and essentially, like, like I already mentioned, I was like, even though I was on vacation, I'm going to still spend a little, just a little, just less time, you know, getting the stuff ready. But nonetheless, I try to use it um, and move forward. So the quote I want to leave you with is something that Seth Godin said. If not this moment, when? <laughs>